You're tuned in to David Essel Alive. Welcome back, gang. Another three hours of rockin' positive, pure positive talk radio. David Essel in the box with you right now, broadcasting live on a Studio E in Los Angeles, California. Our toll-free number, 1-800-548-8255, 1-800-548-8255. Of course, you're listening to us on XM Satellite Radio Channel 168. And also, we stream live for your friends that don't have XM yet, your family members. Let them know they can listen to us as well via the Internet, streaming live at TalkDavid.com. And there's a brand-new link on our uh, David Essel Live page at TalkDavid.com where if you have a mobile phone now, you can listen to us via your mobile phone. So it's very, very cool. Uh, celebrating 21 years in talk radio, and this show is all about positive stuff. It's about giving you thoughts, ideas, techniques, tips, and more, and some amazing guests to help you move to that next level in life. What do you think the ultimate goal achievement technique is? Think about that for a second. Of all the different goal achievement techniques out there, of all the different secrets to this and the tips to that, we're going to tell you in a couple minutes what the most important one is. And if you bypass this tip, you're probably going to be spinning those plates, juggling the balls, and not getting what you want out of life. I'll tell you what that is in just a moment. Our guest coming up today, Taylor Gray Meyer is back. If you remember her, this girl rocks. She's the one that they got really frustrated with the San Diego Padres because of some things that happened when she was applying for a job. Her um the sensational response she gave to the Padres went viral via the internet and all of a sudden she's finding herself with amazing opportunities in life. We're going to have Taylor come back and visit with us and give us an update of what's going on. Uh, And she's also got a blog that she started to help give people a voice who are frustrated in their job search as well. We'll look forward to talking to Taylor. James O'Day, author of the book Cultivating Peace. Now, this is an interesting topic. Is it possible in your wildest imagination to imagine this planet free of war? Isn't that just something to think about? We're going to talk to to James O'Day about cultivating peace. And then Peter Calhoun, author of Life Without Limits. This is pretty powerful, too. Could you imagine a life where that you had no blocks, no beliefs, nothing that was getting in your way from what you really wanted to accomplish and actually seeing that done without excuses, without barriers, without all of that nonsense that we hold on to saying, well, you know, I, I would become a multimillionaire if it wasn't for fill in the blank, right? Look forward to seeing what Peter has to offer. And then Barbara Marks Hubbard, author of the book Birth 2012 and Beyond, Humanity's Great Shift to the Age of Conscious Evolution. We're talking to Barbara about what, you know, we have the Mayan calendar saying 2012, everything's going to change. I want to find out from Barbara what that means to her. And I can guarantee it's not doom and gloom. Um, okay, the ultimate goal achievement technique. Do you know what it is? I, I want to tell you right now. It's going to sound so simple that we miss it. It's going to sound so juvenile that we miss it. And that is this. We need to choose one goal at a time to go after gang, period. That's it. We need to look at what would radically change our life. If there was one goal that we went after, would it be our sobriety? Would it be quitting smoking? Would it be dramatically increasing our income? Finding the love of our life? Getting closer to God? um, Maybe saving the marriage that I'm in right now? 
You know, like, what's the one? Would it be losing 100 pounds? We need to look at the one goal in your life. And why is that? Why am I so emphatic with this, this, this principle, this concept? And I'm going to tell you why. When you hold more than one goal in your mind at a time, it's called a distraction. So you have your, you're losing weight and you're going, and it's not working and you're 30, 60, 90 days into it. And all of a sudden you go, you know, maybe it's not losing weight. Maybe I need to go making more money. And you distract yourself and leave the one main goal. If there's anything you take away from this show right now, it's this. Find the most challenging goal and the one that will offer the most benefits. Hang on like a Rottweiler on a bone, baby. <laughs> Hang on tight. And don't let go until you've accomplished it. Your life in six months or less will radically change. I guarantee it. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Show, 21 years in existence. So happy that you've chosen to be with us. I'm David Essel, 1-800-548-8255. Stay right there. Positive Talk Radio every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. David and Essel in the box with you, rocking with you. And I am so excited. Taylor Gray Meyer is back with us. I'm going to do a really, really quick recap. So this is the young woman who a while ago, in her frustration with all of her degrees and all the stuff, she could not get a job. She applied to do anything in the world at San Diego Padres, selling popcorn, you name it. She got this response back one day from them that she got all excited about when she woke up and saw there was something from them, and it was a response that said, hey, for 500 bucks, come on in, and, uh, and we'll invite you to be part of this, blah, 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 whatever it was. She got so ticked off that she sent a response saying, you know, if I was a guy, I would tell you to fill in the blank, right? Well, that goes wild. It goes viral. And then since then, she has had so much attention from David Essel Alive, of course, <laughs> the most important source of her attention, just teasing. But she's had so much attention from the Internet, from Huffington Post, from uh, the Jeff Probst TV show. Things are rocking, and we wanted to have Taylor come back on to give us an update and to give hope and inspiration to people who are unemployed right now and they need a boost. Taylor, welcome back. Thanks, David. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm doing good, but you're doing great. <laughs> I'm doing pretty great. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm pretty excited. I've got some good things moving, actually, that I'd love to talk to you about. So, are you ready? <laughs> I am ready. Yes, go. <laughs> okay. Well, you did a pretty good recap of, of all the stuff that's going on. But, yeah, I've been featured in um, Huffington Post, Business, um, AOL Jobs, uh, on the Jeff Probe Show, and some, some really good things, and it seems that my voice has been heard, you know, the loudest, because I used some pretty raunchy language there about two months ago, but um, <laughs> but the good thing about it is I'm relaunching um, my website, it's com, and on that site, there's a place for you to contact me, and I'm really um, excited to hear other people's job stories, because really the reason that this story went crazy is because I'm literally one of millions who are having 
terrible job luck in this economy. Um, so I think that's really why it spread. So, yeah, I was heard the loudest, but there are other voices out there, and I'd like to give people a chance for their voice to be heard. Taylor, what, what's the um, what, what's what's the greatest thing that you've learned about yourself? So, you know, you, you took this huge this huge risk, not knowing it was a risk at that time. But you know, here you send this blind email back with this obscene statement in it, and and it's turned out to be something that's starting to open some huge doors. But but first of all, what have you learned about yourself? Oh goodness, that's a good question. I've I've learned a lot actually. Um, I. I've... You know, I studied psychology and all of that stuff, and I actually used to work for a motivational speaker. So I think I'm pretty, you know, self-actualized and realized in a lot of ways. But um, I also feel that I've been biting my tongue a lot in my life, trying to be um, just like a good girl, I guess, or, or, you know, letting people kind of think that they were having their way because I didn't want to, you know, rock the boat. And I found that that's really silly. <laughs> That's absolutely not cool because chances are, you know, I, I mean, I'm educated, uh, as are a lot of people out there looking for work. And, you know, what I have to say is valuable. My ideas and thoughts are valuable. And, um, you know, get them out there. Uh, the more that you yeah. can do, the better off. When when you said, you know, I, I just got chills when you said, you know, I didn't want to rock the boat because when we, well, of course, in our world, th- there's a term for that. It's called we become codependent, and that is we fear rejection from other people. We crave uh, acceptance, so we're not who we are. And basically what that's saying is we lose our identity, Taylor, don't we? Oh, definitely. I can I can totally relate to that. In fact, I had gotten in trouble at previous jobs when I had contributed or said, hey, this is what my background is, and check me out, and this is what I have to contribute. And what happened was it ended up intimidating a lot of people. And um, I found that people were kind of gunning for me in not a good way. Uh, So I kind of learned to bite my lip, bite my tongue, and kind of like stifle a lot of what I had to offer just because I was tired of that. But yeah, Yeah. you you lose yourself, you give up your power, and no, that's not okay. Yeah. When what what, through through your work with the Huffington Post, um, because I mean, that 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 um, Internet feature has just such a huge reach. What 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 are some of the coolest things that have come out of your work with them? Uh, Well, you know, I um, I was asked by a recruiter, someone who works in recruiting to do that for the Huffington Post. It was a QA. and a and it was just asking asking me questions about, you know, how to treat job seekers with respect and what I would like to see. Uh, change in the recruitment process. And so that was good. And I'm finding that, um, well, really for me, the coolest thing about it is that I'm, I'm getting to speak for a lot of people. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's huge. That's so awesome to me because we don't have a super PAC. We don't have lobbyists. <laughs> we don't have <laughs> anybody giving a damn about what we have to say because we're broke and we're unemployed, but we're <laughs> right. still talented and smart. So I feel... <laughs> I feel really lucky to um, be in this position, you know? Someone you know, I... Hey, Taylor, I see that as a campaign for presidency. You know, I see <laughs> <laughs> I see that as a platform for you that, um, you know, could you seriously, though, could you imagine if you went for some kind of political office in Los Angeles, for God's sake, right? Yeah. And yeah. and your platform was to stand up for the unemployed. You would have huge voters behind you. I I probably would. 
That's all we would because there's a lot. And and not yeah. just unemployed, but underemployed as well. Yes. People taking really crappy jobs just to survive doing anything they can do. And it's it's demoralizing. It's sad. It, it's not very empowering. You feel really, it leaves you wondering, well, why did I go to school? Why did I spend all this money that I can't now uh, pay back on education, you know, for ed- education? It's, it's sad. So right. I get it. Have you um, have you heard anything at any response whatsoever uh, since we spoke to you last from the San Diego Padres? <laughs> you know, I did not. I I do know that that team was sold. It took their board of directors less than ten minutes to agree to that. And um, no, no one, no one ever called me, <laughs> called me an email <laughs> or anything. I know the guy who sent me that email has been checking me out on LinkedIn a few times. Because his name pops up, <laughs> but other than that, <laughs> other than that, no, no, nothing. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't know if you might be getting a cease and desist letter from them saying, "Okay, <laughs> an, enough bashing of the Padres," or if the, if they might have contacted you, you know, and said, "Wow, you know, like what a go getter." Do you think we could talk to you again? You know, you would think you would think that they would try to capitalize on it. They could spin it. There are a million things that they could do, yeah. but they're just not. And and I think that's that kind of shows you what a losey mentality they have all over. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, uh, that's too bad. But you know, I have to say, I have been contacted by team owners, commissioners of leagues, um, you know, just about anybody that you could think of, and they've all been great, really, mm. really nice. Unfortunately, you know, I'm I'm not in a position where now where I'm going to move across the country for a job that doesn't pay very well because I have some other things going on. But it's yeah. kind of like, why did I have to be so drastic to get attention? Why couldn't my credentials speak for for me? You know. Uh, yeah, but but okay. Now look, I'm going to throw you. I'm going to throw you into some very unusual company right now. Do it. And yeah, the, the unusual company. Well, well, if you think of all the people that have created pathways to success. Or when you know, I, even though I don't like the word paradigm shifts in our, our our world, it's people that have eventually come out with a voice that is very strong. Now it might be someone like Gandhi, whose voice is so powerful because he was against all physical force, right? Mm-hmm. Or it, it it might be someone like uh, Nelson Mandela, who says, you know, I, I'm going to befriend these people who have imprisoned me. I'm I'm going to learn Afrikaans, you know, I'm going to learn the language of the white South African man in prison. You know, like, I mean, these are people doing some pretty outrageous things. Now, your yeah. letter, you know, your your letter to the San Diego Padres being outrageous, and I mean this in all sincerity when I say I'm going to compare you to some of these other people because, you know, it's often that unusual voice that starts to turn the tide. Well, I'm hoping so. I really do. And, and if you... If you go to my blog, and, and it's not very pretty at the moment, bear with me, it's being redone, but it's taylorgraymeyer.com. If you go, you know, I wrote a letter to the president. I'm asking some questions because people aren't paying attention to us. <laughs> people are not paying attention. Um, HR recruiters aren't paying attention. Companies aren't. There have been all these studies published in the Harvard uh, Business Review, um, and, and that's just one of many, but um, that show that educated people, with a ton of different experiences, because if you're laid off, then you're going to have to hustle. You're going to try to have to figure out another way to survive, right? So then it creates Mm -hmm. more diversity. So there are all these studies saying that that's a good thing. But for some reason, HR recruiters aren't getting that message, and people aren't being given a chance. 
and it's just really counterproductive. Um, so yeah, I, that, that's really what I'm trying to attack now. That's mm. what I'm trying to get. And the word what out what about. would be you know for 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 people that are listening right now that are unemployed or who are underemployed, as you mentioned, great point on your part. Um, give us a couple a, a couple pointers, a couple tips that might help them by what you've experienced. Oh goodness, that's that's loaded. Um, I can tell you what doesn't work, and and then maybe <laughs> we'll go from there. But do not buy into that taking someone to lunch or coffee thing. You know where they say, "Oh, find someone you want to talk to," and then work. No, I'm sorry, you're unemployed. You have no money. <laughs> you're not taking someone with a job to coffee or lunch. Give me a damn break. Plus, it does not work. It just doesn't work. Um, I would say work your connections as far, you know, and, and I, this is really, really tough because I have, I have some great connections. I grew up with the family that started FedEx. I couldn't even get a job at FedEx. <laughs> um, um, I, you know, I work every tiny little bit of connection. Hold on for dear life while you can. Try to engage in some positive, positive activity that keeps you sane until the tide turns in your favor. Um, Start doing yoga. Go on really long runs. Um, do some like do something like volunteer. That's what I've always done, and it it makes you really feel blessed and lucky. And you know, you can really take stock of what you have. Um, honestly, things are going to get better. It's not going to be for a little while. I feel, but mm. you know, just hold on. Just hold on. <laughs> That's the best advice I can give. I, I think, you know, for people that are wanting to have a voice and you want to share your current experiences of what you're going through as an underemployed person or an unemployed person, go to taylorgraymeyer.com, taylorgraymeyer.com, and Taylor has a blog set up where can people just automatically, we've got about a minute left, Taylor, but can people yeah. just go ahead and post their experiences? Is that the purpose you of it? Send them to me. There's a contact, and I will I will um, edit them, make them pretty. <laughs> and okay. I will, I'm starting a video blog as well, so there's a good chance I'm going to read them aloud and then do something with them. So stay mm. tuned for that. Um, something good. It's all going to be good. So get them to me. Hey, hey, Taylor. I I'm I'm smelling reality show, baby. Oh yeah, it's coming. I've been contacted. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am so all over that. Oh, hey, and you know what? I'll even, hey, listen, I'll even sit in on the show as myself doing Do a, a, a recap of our first interview, Taylor. <laughs> you are always invited, David. In fact, you're the one who started calling me the voice of the educated unemployed. So you, you kind of nailed it. Yeah, thank you so much. Amen. Hey, Taylor, I am so glad that that we had a chance to get you back on. Stay in touch with us when things start to open up again. You've got a doorway here. Let you let's get your back you back onto the American people and 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 for everyone listening, go to taylorgraymeyer.com if you're underemployed or unemployed, share your story with her. She'll take care of the rest. Taylor, I can't wait to talk to you again. <laughs> Thanks. Stay tuned. <laughs> really okay. appreciate it, David. All right. Bye. Okay, honey. Bye-bye. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio talk show, Proactive Talk. That's what we're about here. 1-800-548-8255. I'm so glad that you're with us. Tell your friends, if they don't have XM Satellite Radio, they can listen right now at talkdavid.com. 1-800-548-8255. I'm David Essel. Stay right there.
Broadcasting live every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California. You're listening to David Essel Live, proud to be part of the Premier Radio Network, XM Satellite Radio Channel 168, streaming worldwide via the internet, talkdavid.com, celebrating 21 years in talk radio and really happy to be here and very happy that you've chosen to share some of your time with us here today. Coming up in a couple minutes, we have the author James O'Day, uh, the book Cultivating Peace, Becoming a 21st Century Peace Ambassador. We're going to be talking to James, and one of the things that I'm really excited to get his feedback on is if he honestly thinks, now this guy has worked with Am- Amnesty International, he's been in Rwanda, He's he's been all over the place doing his thing trying his uh, to, to play his role in creating peace. And a question that I've always wanted to have answered, and I've never asked it, believe it or not, to any of our guests, is will we ever see peace on this planet? Will we ever see a time where we're not going to have war? I'm really interested to see if he thinks that human beings are not only capable, but that it's probable that something like that will happen. So we'll be talking to James O'Day in a, in a couple minutes. I want to get to uh, a question here about blind dates. Um, this individual is going out on a blind date next week. They've talked two times on the phone, and um, and his date recommended um, what she wanted to do when they met, and it was. And I'm laughing. I'm laughing because, oh, my God, when I hear this, I say, no, 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 no. But the first date that she wants to do is she wants to go out to dinner to this nice restaurant. Then she wants to go to this concert that happens to be on the same uh, night, uh, all in that in, in the same thing. And uh, he says, um, my date picked this idea. It seems like a little much. <laughs> what do you think? And I go, oh, my God. Okay, listen, I, all I can do is tell you this, right? If it was me. I'm going to put myself in your shoes. I'm going to try my best. If it was me <laughs> on a blind date, I'd say, love, I'd love to, to, to meet you for coffee, period. That's it. <laughs> you know, I'm being, being dead honest. When I hear these stories, of course, you know, I've been doing this work for 22 years, right? When I hear these stories, it's like, oh, my Lord, you went out for for a six-hour date with someone that you've never met. So we have no idea if there's chemistry. We don't know if we're going to connect. We don't know if we might have huge belief system differences that will make six hours seem like six months, right? Oh, so if you're asking me, I'd say, you know, I, I know I agreed to go out to uh, to dinner and to that concert, but I think I'm just going to meet you for iced tea. <laughs> That's what I would do anyway. And I know I can be a little bizarre, but you asked, I'm giving you the truth. Um, for those individuals that are looking, we, we get a lot of requests for information about our Master Mentor Program and this is one of the many programs we offer to help people radically shift their lives. If you want 52 weeks, it's a 52-week program where I work with you one-on-one twice a week for 52 weeks. It's, it's the highest form of accountability that we've ever created in all the work that we've done here, uh, helping people to accomplish their goals. It's one-on-one. It's 52 weeks. It's exciting. We have a list, incredible endorsements of people that have walked through this program, become highly successful. It might be with their physical bodies. It could be with their careers, their income, relationships, their walk with God, whatever is your massive goal. If you're ready for the highest level of accountability, 
and to work one-on-one with me for 52 straight weeks, email us at talkdavid.com. We will send you all of the information necessary on the Master Mentor Program. Now, we take one to two people a month. We only take 12 to 14 at the most people a year, which means every month one person will end and there will be one or two slots open. So if you're interested and you're ready to commit 52 straight weeks with me to get your biggest goal accomplished, email us at talkdavid.com. We'll send you all the information as well as endorsements from past clients that have utilized this program. All of that is at talkdavid.com. So my guest right now, James O'Day, author of the book, Cultivating Peace, Becoming a 21st Century Peace Ambassador. He was the director of Amnesty International's Washington, D.C. office for 10 years, co-director of the Social Healing Project, uh, where he was involved in Rwanda, Northern Ireland, and, um, and many, many other places. James, welcome to the show. Thank you, David. Good to be with you. Thanks, thanks. You know, I, I, I posed that question, James, and I've never asked it before. You have all the experience in the world to be able to answer this. Do you believe it's possible in your lifetime and my, in my lifetime on planet Earth to have a period of peace where there will be no war? I believe that peace is the ultimate uh, game changer, that it's the ultimate goal of evolution, that we will get there. Not sure how quickly, but what I see is that the so-called average person is really not average at all, that the world is going through tremendous growing pains. I mean, none of us can deny the fact that we're going through these growing pains. But we're also civilizing each other as never before. We're parents. I mean, if you want to think about the real game changer, just look at parenting and the the way parents are teaching their kids nonviolence, much more nurturing in the family, much better educational process. And, you know, when you're in my shoes and you've seen uh, Hutu and Tutsi, when you've seen in Rwanda a mother forgive the murderers of her children, when you've been in places that I've been where you've seen a Nazi and a Holocaust survivor reconcile with each other and then die within months having completed mm. that task, you get hopeful, even though you look into the dungeons and the most sordid places in the world. It doesn't hypnotize you. The problem doesn't mm-hmm. hypnotize you. James, what was the most distressing area of the world or the most distressing situation that you've ever experienced? Beirut, 1982. I was there in West Beirut. I was actually at the time working with the Middle East Council of Churches on promoting tolerance between the religions and so on. And uh, there was the Israeli invasion, as you know, then the Palestinian fighters were pushed out of Beirut and they went to Tunis with Arafat. And then immediately after they, all the men had left, there was the slaughter of women and children at the Palestinian camp in Sabra Shatila. Children were found murdered under their beds in doorways on streets. And, I, and, you know, the whole electricity had been cut off. I was close to a medical team that was working down there. They came back with these terrible descriptions of the slaughter. And I almost lost my faith in humanity. I almost thought, this is too dark. This is too difficult to continue. But, you know, I, I started to work for Amnesty International, and it was so effective at helping save lives and, and get people off the torture slab Eventually, though, I said to myself, there has to be something more. We have to get at the root causes of human rights violations. 
that's what's led me into you know social healing and really looking at the power of reconciliation forgiveness and healing and and how when when you saw that 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 massacre when you were when you were there how did you bounce back from that like like are are there things that you started to immerse yourself in did you did you start working with people you know with different modalities did you like what did you do to pull yourself back from that darkness well it was it was a spiritual moment really i had gone south from beirut to another palestinian camp which was rubble. When we say camp, you know, you think of 1948, people leaving, and bricks and mortar, you know, the camp's not tents, but, you know, over all those years, they they had those little simple buildings, and it was it had been flattened to the ground, and I was with a team of doctors, and in the middle of the rubble, there was this old man, and he was calling, come over, come over. We went over, and he said, I would like to serve you coffee, and we, we thought, you know, God, this is crazy. You know, we're standing in the middle of the rubble of what was his house and, you know, with family relatives that have been killed and he wants to serve us coffee. Right. And there was something there, it was a spiritual moment when I looked into him. It was not that he was a Palestinian, he was a human being. And I said to myself, no bombs have been able to blow the smithereens of his spirit out of him. All he wants to be seen is a human being who's got his rights and his dignity. And I saw the indomitable spirit of the human being. As I said, it's not about the, that wasn't about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. That was about us as spiritual beings in the human form. And no bombs, no hatred can destroy us. That's ultimately why I'm so hopeful, that the mm. spirit shall prevail. I love that. What a, what a great what a great depth and story. James, I'm going to ask you to hang right there. We're going to go to some messages. We'll come back with James O'Day. If you want more information right now about James, go to his website, James O'Day, O-D-E-A, James O'Day, O-D-E-A dot com. Uh, find out more there. And the name of his book is called Cultivating Peace. Cultivating Peace. Check that out. Of course, sold wherever books are sold. And uh, after these messages, we'll come back and, and speak more with, with, with James about being a 21st century peace ambassador. And what does that mean to you? And how might you have to change to pull this off? Because sometimes we sit and we listen to these interviews and, you know, we go, OK, well, that's nice. You know, these people are responsible. It's up to the government. It's up to the religious leader. It's up to blah, blah, blah. But it's not. It's you and me, gang. Yep. Responsibility is going to be on you and me. We'll find out more from James what we can do in return. David Essel. Every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, bringing you information to help you radically change your life. Stay right there. My uh, guest, James O'Day, author of the book, Cultivating Peace, Becoming a 21st Century Peace Ambassador. Uh, James is a former director of Amnesty International's Washington, D.C. office. And he has been around the world to some of the most horrific examples of uh, how human beings treat other human beings. That is for sure. The ultimate goal of your book and what you do. James, do you see, like, have you ever said in five years, I'd love to see this change in 10 and 20 and 30? Have you ever broke it down like that to tangible results of all the work that you and people like you are doing? I haven't actually, but uh, I would start with that whole concept of, Look, you know, what we're about is building a culture of peace. This isn't, you know, 
your father's peace movement where you have to get out the placards and get out on the streets and keep opposing because we discovered in that process you get a P, you can get a phd in opposing anything you can get a phd in any problem but what about creating the solution so i say you know we've climbed the walls and we're inside the system i just came from washington dc where i had a meeting with the us military about peace in the military and there are some very advanced thinkers so you start to think differently when you say i want to create a culture of peace because you're there you're not looking for who's the pro- where the problem is you're looking at who do we need for the solution we clearly need the military for the solution you know what? Hold on. Hold on a second, James. Hold on. You know that I, I have to tell you that sounds so oxymoronic, right? You're 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 talking to the military about peace when they've been trained to not actually act in peace, right? Right. They've been trained. Well, you know, ultimately they should be trained to defend and protect and Yeah. But, you know, politicians can often take them down blind alleys where many things go wrong. But Colonel Chuck Nickleby, who was at this meeting, said, you know, he went to the Joint Chiefs of Staff and the Secretary of Defense, and he said, we've been reading systems thinking. We have to tell you that 101 of systems thinking is the United States is not a closed system. It's an open system, which means it's connected to the rest of the world. And they, they said, okay, we'll go and, and write a strategic plan. The guys came back and said, number one priority for the Defense Department should be global warming. Get that. Whoa. That, that inside the military, they're saying, the biggest threat to the United States is global warming. You're going to see floods, droughts, and you've got a limited number of years to really plan effective responses. The other thing <laughs> they said is stop calling on the military for political problems. You know, political problems are supposed to be fixed by politicians. Diplomacy, negotiation, mediation, conflict resolution. So it was a very uplifting meeting. <laughs> so I, I think, you know, getting into planning is really good. I'd, I'd also work on education because, you know, I was president of the Institute of Noetic Sciences that looks at the best new science about brain, mind, body, and so on. We really need to be teaching our kids whole person education. We now know that empathy, for example, is a root intelligence. They did some testing in New York State. Kids who were exposed to an empathy curriculum improved in their math, in their science, in their English, in all their other test scores. The Institute of Heart Math is just teaching kids some basic heart breathing exercises and they're having phenomenal results with improving test scores. So let's think of emotional, psychological, you know, the whole person intelligence, not just how do we stuff our kids with facts. And when we do that, we're really creating that culture of peace that I'm talking about, because we have, keep, we have kids then who can mediate, who can resolve their conflicts. I have a whole chapter, by the way, you know, on bullying, we think of bullying as physical bullying. Well, what about the emotional bullies? And what about the intellectual bullies who are, right. who are always looking down at people and, and finding something lesser about them? Let's mm. deal with the whole spectrum of bullying in our society, and let's get our politicians trained in empathy, compassion, and basic emotional intelligence, because 
they 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 breed so much violence. I think by being adolescents who've never been initiated. You know, James, we we have a minute and a half left. What it sounds like you're saying is that if we individually can start releasing judgment, releasing resentments, is that that would be a huge step for all of us to become this peace ambassador that you're talking about. Right. I think it goes from the inner to the international, goes from mm-hmm. the personal to the planetary. And we now have a map in consciousness in the new science that tells us that all of these things are connected. I mean, you think of Bashar Assad in Syria. When he was a little boy, his father said, hey, kid, we've got some problems in Homs. I'm going to execute 10,000 people. That's how you deal with the problem. So that kid is carrying a deep, mm. deep psychological wound from his father. But imagine the transmission that's going on at this time between healthy parents and healthy children. And that's why I'm optimistic about the future. There are skills to learn. I point them out in the book. But the good times are ahead of us. We've got to, we've got to believe that. We've got to stop getting hypnotized by the snake eyes entropy of this problem and start really working on the solutions that are multiple and available to us. Well, it's pretty impressive, James, for you to see all the carnage you've seen in in the world, for you to be optimistic and hopeful and to be writing a book like this. That that really gives a lot of hope for the rest of us, doesn't it, if you want to be quite humble about it? Uh, I hope so, yes. I've seen the worst, and and I I feel that the so-called average person is really not average at all. Mm. That beneath the radar screen of public attention... There's a new human being forming in consciousness, much more tolerant. And, you know, of course, we've got to learn that the fundamentalists are not having fun, and the way to have fun is to make peace. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Hey, James, I want to thank you so much for taking some time out of your day and sharing your stories with us. It was wonderful having you a part of the show. David, thank you so much for your work. Great work in the world also. Uh, right on, right on, James. You have bye-bye. a great night. Yeah, bye bye. Bye bye. The name of the book: Cultivating Peace, Becoming a Twenty First City uh, Century Peace Ambassador. JamesOday dot com. For more information, visit JamesOday dot com. And speaking of peace, if you're not a member of our David SLI VIP Text Club, join us right now because you will receive. Free gifts. Right now, you'll receive the Three Keys to Manifestation audio, free motivational gifts, and then every Saturday via text, you'll also receive more free motivational gifts. This is what you do. Type in your phone, 69302, the number 69302. Then type the message, Talk David. That is I. Talk David. Hit send, and your free gifts are coming every Saturday. You'll get one right away, too, so join us. Type in 69302, the number 69302. Then type the message, Talk David. Hit send, and the free gifts are coming your way. Hey, we've got Nathan here in the studios in L.A. Will has signed up. We've got tons of more of the listeners signing up. It's your time now. It's your tune. <laughs> All right. Positive Talk Radio every Saturday. David Essel Alive. Email me at talkdavid.com. Stay right there. Tons of great stuff coming up. I'm David Essel. Hang in. <laughs> 